is Ken's last ever radio extravaganza. This is... Two more hours. got a synchronization problem. Naturally, this has nothing to do with their god-awful carrier tracking lines. Valley want fault tolerance checks on all buggers, sensors, and corresponding transducers. Scanners you can check out. That's all the problem is down. And have you got the signal-to-noise ratio on the downlink? And? Yeah? Have you got it? What's that? Synchronization problems. I need the signal to noise ratio on the downlink. Signal to noise, right. Great, I got it here.
was 5.3 dB. 5.3? What modulation scale? DPSK. DPSK? We switched to QPSK two weeks ago. Another major target for the drones is the GPS systems on board. Um, I want to say now that you could easily give a whole talk on GPS insecurities and you could get very technical and there are some very good ones in there, uh, but I, we, we can't go into that level of detail. So um, if you have questions, I'm around afterwards, but it's, it's complicated. I mean, it's between military and civilian GPS themselves. And it, it took them about four years to develop that software. Uh, and so in the, in the demo, from a, a hilltop about half a mile from where the drone was operating, he was able to completely own it, um, convincing the drone that it was rising straight up. And so the drone thinks it's rising straight up, and it compensates uh, by making a beeline right for the ground. Um, so a safety pilot in this case intervened, but, but he had made his point. Uh, these commercially manufactured drones, the kind that are set to cover the sky in the next few years, are totally vulnerable vulnerable to being hijacked from the ground. That's the one that all the police departments are going to be flying. Um, the Wired article on this event gave the best advice that I've seen so far. Keep your head down and wear a helmet. Um, so, Professor Humphreys is, uh, actually, if you're interested in a GPS talk, you should look up some of his. Um, he's he's a, you know, a great GPS expert, and uh, he's still optimistic about the way that the technology can continue to develop. But he's clear about how significant the implications of his, his demo are. He says, I don't want to see drones coming into the national airspace before we patch this problem. So spoofing is one form of attack. Uh, but jamming requires even less sophisticated tools. And so as you might expect, we've already seen examples of the wire. Um, this will just deplace what a call normally sounded like on a general telephone office. Now, in this recording, I just had a bridge across the line with the past during my audio system. So you hear the dial pulses really loud. Um, the important thing here is to listen to is this. Now, you notice there's two clicks right there. Clunk, clunk, boo. It's between those two clunks that you um, flash the hook switch just right. And you knew you got it right by instead of the second clunk uh, and then the dial tone, it just went smoothly into the dial. But here's how the rest of that all works. do it again. Okay, that bubbling sound is the ticketer. And that set up the call. Now here's my doing niner, 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 niner. Okay, that sends it out into the repeater. Now here's the repeater repeating those pulses. And there's the phone at the other end finally ringing. Okay, um... Then here's a variant of a call that used MF for part of the call and dial pulse for part of the call. So we'll open that file up here. MF trunk. Okay, this one I actually, when I, I actually decided to record, I didn't bring the whole recording because it would bore you to tears. I recorded the call progress from every to every um, 
prefix that you could dial from the uh, 394 central office and the 213 area code to hear what they all sound like. And some of the ring progress tones are kind of interesting, but that's more for almost a telephone collector's meeting than a hacker meeting. Uh, the pole changing ringing machine that sounds like a burring sound and all that. But anyway, here's now an example of a call where the last digits are MF. Actually, I have it set up just to hear the MF right now. It. And like I say, if you noticed, you know, it was four digits, but there you heard six tones. The first one was KP, uh, KP then 9999, and then start in MF. So that's how that office worked. KP is 1100 plus uh, 1700, and start is 1500 plus 1700 hertz. You had to do the key pulse first, and then you dialed the number, and then you did start. Now, the reason why you had to do that was because these tandems had to be able to accept uh, many different kinds of numbers, uh, three-digit numbers, six-digit numbers, seven-digit numbers, and ten-digit numbers. And uh, let's see, what else do we have? That's about it, I think, unless... Uh, oh, well, my first blue box, I can show you a picture of that. It wasn't nearly, I don't know if how, all against John's first one. Actually, this is actually not my first one that I have. A, I didn't have a picture of my first one. Actually, this is part of the first one. My original one I built with vacuum tubes, specifically a bunch of 6S and 7 vacuum tubes I had in my junk box. My first attempt was with an LC, an RC bridge type of thing. Failure is a badge of honor. It means you risk failure. Failure is a badge of honor. It means you risked failure. Failure is a badge of honor. It means you risked failure. Failure is a badge of honor. It means you risked failure. Failure is a badge of honor. It means you risked failure. And if you don't risk failure, you're never gonna do anything that's different than what you've already done or what somebody else has done. And just know that, that that's the choice you're making when you, when you won't put yourself at jeopardy like that. There are so many, there are so many pitfalls when a movie comes out that it's hard, it's hard to enjoy it when it comes out. I mean, obviously, if a movie does well and is critically, you know, um, well-received, and I, I like it, I like it, but I'm so, um, I'm so needful of it, that kind of response that I don't think... 
it doesn't feel good. It just feels less bad, you know? It's a, um, it feels really bad. opens the door to mounting uh, traditional attacks in manners that, uh, that build in a, in a pretty exciting way. Um, in some of these cases, there's not a lot new going on technically, but there's uh, definitely a, a, a gee whiz factor because um, it's you know, mounted on a flying death machine. Um, so the first thing to understand uh, is that uh, while most of the drones being used by police stations and the military are very expensive, and they range from you know, tens of thousands of dollars for a low-end police model, to hundreds of millions for the big predator-style piece, there's an active community working on hacking inexpensive drones and even making them from scratch. So popular models like the Parrot AR drone, uh, are, they're just a few hundred dollars. They can be uh, controlled with an iPhone or iPad, and they come with um, some built-in autonomy so that they can loiter or, or follow basic scripts if they get out of range of the controller. Um, the software that it comes with even comes with a follow me button. Uh, so when you hit it, you can have your own army of drones follow you with either the GPS and the controller or by locking onto you visually. Um, so off the shelf, they come with a camera that transmits video live to the control device, your iPad or your iPhone. Um, and hackers have already started adding other sensors and payloads. Uh, and of course, building and flying RC, RC planes has been a popular hobby for decades. But what's changed is that the tech has gotten much more advanced, and the sensors are way more sophisticated. And so beyond these off-the-shelf models, uh, there's a large and growing online community called DIY Drones that it develops autonomy software and plans for building drones. Um, planes, quadrocopters that have four rotors, and hexacopters that have six, mostly for less than $1,000. Uh, and these things really have the, the cool hacker feel. You know, it's all open source hardware and free software. And uh, the people who are engaging this community are really dedicated to helping advance the state of the art of amateur drones. Um, it's run by Chris Anderson, who's the editor-in-chief of Wired. And so he runs this forum and also uh, the, the company that sells the official kits. But if you, can, you, know, you can get the kits from anywhere. Um, and he said that he's trying to kick off a revolution. Uh, following in the footsteps of the PC revolution, he's trying to put the, the word personal into drones. Um, and, of course, you know, it's not just about the construction of the vehicle. Once you've got that, you can put all sorts of payloads.
tradition. Now we're talking. Ideas come out of that. And I, that's what I always want to encourage. Spielberg and the success of most films in Hollywood these days, I think, is down to the fact that comforting. They tie things up in nice little bows, gives you answers. Even if the answers are stupid, the answers, oh, you go home and you don't have to worry about it. The Kubrick's of this world and, and the great filmmakers make you go home and think about it. And so, there's a wonderful quote in, a, in the book that Freddie Raphael wrote about the making of Eyes Wide Shut. It's called Eyes Wide Open. And he's talking to Kubrick about Schindler's List and the Holocaust. And he says, the thing is, Schindler's List is about success. The Holocaust is about failure. And that's Kubrick. And that's just spot on. Schindler's List had to, had to save those few people. Ah, happy ending. A man can do what a man can do. And can stop you know, death for a few people. That's not the Holocaust is about. It's about complete failure of civilization to allow six million people to do. And you know which side I'd rather be on. I'd like to have a nice house next to familiar command crackle through the air. Zeke! Others will cooperate with him in the things they believe in. On another occasion, Watson illuminated his steeled indifference this way. I'm an American citizen, but in the IBM, I'm a world citizen because we do business in 78 countries, and they all look alike to me, every one of them. Yet when Watson's ocean liner anchored at New York just days after the November 10th Kristallnacht outrage, it was all different. IBM's leader finally realized that American sentiment had become so extremely anti-Nazi, he now needed to distance himself from the very regime he had so publicly saluted. So on November 25th, 1938, Watson wrote to Hitler, Your Excellency, in July 1937, as President of the International Chamber of Commerce, I received by your order the Merit Cross of the German Eagle, which was presented to me by Dr. Schacht on behalf of the German government in recognition of my efforts for world peace and better economic relations between Germany and other nations. In expressing my thanks to you, I stated that I would cooperate with you in the future as I had in the past in connection with these two important issues. This I am still most anxious to do, but upon my recent return to my country after an absence of several months, I find a change in public sentiment and a loss of goodwill to your country. And unless something can be done to bring about a more friendly understanding on the part of our people, I feel it is going to be difficult to accomplish mutually satisfactory results in connection with our trade relations. The change in sentiment referred to has been brought about through the decisions of your government in dealing with minorities, and I respectfully appeal to you to give consideration to applying the golden rule in dealing with these minorities. I've read with great interest the statement that your government is prepared to make arrangements with a committee of leading Quakers to assist German Jews in the spirit of charity and the golden rule. I venture, therefore, to accept this act as a symbol of willingness on your part to grant more generous treatment to minorities. If Your Excellency would follow up this act of kindliness with policies inspired by its humanitarian effort, it would, in my opinion, be the one way by which those interested in the exchange of goods and services and high all involvement in the affairs of his subsidiaries in Nazi Europe, even as he micromanaged their day-to-day -day operations. 
More than ever, he now channeled his communications to Nazi Europe through trusted intermediaries in Geneva and elsewhere on the continent. He controlled subsidiary operations through attorneys and employees acting as nominee owners, following the pattern set in Czechoslovakia and Poland. In May 1940, as American society prepared for an inevitable war with Hitler, Watson worked to secure the underpinnings of his public image. He intensified his advocacy for peace and against all war. Watson's advocacy for peace was limitless. May 15, 1940 was proclaimed IBM Day at the World's Fair, being held that month in New York. A dozen chartered trains brought in 7,000 IBM employees and their wives from company facilities across the nation to visit the architectonic IBM Pavilion. Each IBMer wore a red ribbon of solidarity with the company. 2,000 lucky ones were chosen to be feted at a massive Waldorf Astoria dinner. Special congratulations to IBM as usual, where she by leading politicians from President Roosevelt say that I understand what's happening. Why is it happening? What does it mean? Is there some reason for this particular mix? Why do things... Why do they fit together the way that they do? Every day... As you walk around, you move your your head, your space, your hearing through these different areas. You hear what you see. It comes out a particular way. You are mixing. Do you know why you're mixing? Is it random? It is It is exactly how it comes from. It wouldn't happen if only you, your own experience, the way you combine. It just, it only, it's only happening to you. Only right then. It 
does there have to be a reason? What if as you moved through your, your, your life, as you walked around and had your experiences combined with your thoughts and the things that you said in response, that you kept a sort of journal, a journal that you published, a journal that you communicated out electronically through networks that made others see it at the same time. And you recorded it, you recorded everything. If you told people, would they ask you if there was value in this? What were you, what were you making? What were you trying to say? Hasn't it been said before? Haven't you done this already? Hasn't someone, isn't this... What would you do with the questions? you tried to sell it? What if you tried to sell the way that you, whoever you were, that became your job? To tell the world, or the part of the world that happened to listen, to look, to read, to, to have them, to just whatever... How would you feel? What would you do with these answers? What if there were, what if there were an auction? People were bidding. Well, you don't know if they were people, but somebody, some machines were bidding on the behalf of, of people in the past. They were bidding on, on your ideas and the things that you said. What if it were like online dating? Computers with blinking lights and spinning tape decks. Tape reels running, making songs.
What if every other week you said the same thing on the radio that you said every other week, the alternating weeks? You said that it would be good to answer the telephone on the radio to have a conversation, to air the phone call the way it was always done until a couple of months ago. This problem has not yet been solved. It's a new problem. The problem is how to do what we always could do before the regression. The regressions that are around us, the retrograde motions, We have memories, we spin outwardly. Orbits that began, we were dropped into them. We make a journey, we may not come around. What if your life depended on it? What if your lack of a solution just don't know. I want, I, I sometimes want answers. The habit. Talk. Grades. Sounds. Names. Labels. Combinations. Silence. Silence is impossible. Failure? If failure is impossible, then silence is inevitable. Here in my head, the telephone, embedded since childhood, since payphones, since coin drops, since blue boxes, since phone freaking, I expect sounds from telephones all around me. The phone would ring, the button would be pressed, the conversation would turn into a conversation. Maybe next time, two weeks from now, I will say what I have said, what I am saying, because this is all predetermined. always strikes me as peculiar increasingly so with each passing show the questions about the planning 
the preparation, when it's entirely the lack thereof that defines the existence. Surely it's more obvious than it's ever been. are not so for talking. Phones are for special sounds and music. They detected. Um, you know, short list of their inventions. The transistor, uh, the negative feedback amplifier, um, cell phones, solar cells, the laser, digital transmissions, communication satellites. So it seems appropriate to give them the second to last word. Um, the second to last word is uh, something that you probably didn't know that they invented, which is the uh, musical vein of the name last ever radio extravaganza every other week here and at some other times and it's some for some infinite future in existence until 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 unexpected termination we don't have expiration dates printed on us though they may already be recorded it's been called ken's last ever radio extravaganza this curiously Meaningless. Completely present. Live collage. Ken's last ever radio extravaganza. Happens just in the moment that it's happening. Possible to experience it later after it's happened. It may feel safer to you to do so. There's a webpage, lastever.org. Archives go there. Archives go, they go, they go, and they go, and they go. Back to... Back to decades. Almost two decades. It hasn't been two decades yet. Getting close. 18 years of shows. 
mixes and remixes. The first year wasn't so much mixes. It was transitions. It was a transitional period into focusing on the transition, the shows, the transitions, within and without. There's a, there's a deep history of long DJ mic breaks. A name back announcing. There's no time wasted on back announcing here. There is a playlist vaguely kept. It's very vague. Most things are missing. Eventually, by the time you're hearing this, if you're not listening to it live, or maybe at some point in the future year, I'll catch up. I'll put on the playlist on the official webpage, the Ken's Last Ever Radio Extravaganza webpage, that can handle more than the the, the, the more than 60 songs that go on uh, and, the, and the little bits that go on the mix. The little bits of the live playlist are appearing here and there on the radio station that's currently the live existence right in this moment, here in this year, in this month, at this station, WTJU.net. There isn't a lot of room there, and there isn't a lot of time. I'm doing this. This is happening. Please send me an email. The phone calls, eventually they'll happen. In the meantime, the email. Send email to ken at lastever.org or send an anonymous note. Send a note with no identification at all through the webpage at lastever.org. There's a little boxes where you can type stuff. And then um, that would be uh, that would be great. Earliesville show here in Charlotte. Zville. It'll be on in two weeks again if you're getting tired. But the webpage, you can listen to the archives. Next week, next week, Chris is back again, round in circles that we go with the Hep Imp show. A different thing, the same thing, another thing. Thanks for listening to this show right here. Sometimes Ken's last time.
Basically, um, they know the market is toast. They know the stock market is finished. The euro, as far as they're concerned, they don't care. They're moving their money away to safer assets, like treasury bonds, uh, 30-year bonds, and the U.S. dollar. Um, so it's not going to work. We keep hearing that whatever they, the politicians are suggesting, and admittedly it's all been rather woolly so far, isn't right. Can you pin down exactly what would keep investors happy and make them feel more confident? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, personally, uh, it doesn't matter. But that's it. See, I'm a trader. Uh, I don't really care about that kind of stuff. 
I go with what the, I, if I see an opportunity to make money, I go with that. Um, so for most traders, it's not about, we don't really care that much how they're going to fix the, how they're going to fix the economy, how they're going to fix the, uh, the whole situation. Our job is to make money from it. And personally, I've been dreaming of this moment for three years. I, I, I have a confession, which is, uh, I go to bed every night, I dream of another recession. I dream of another moment like this. Why? Because uh, people don't seem to uh, maybe remember, but the 30s depression, the depression in the 30s, wasn't just about the market crash. There were some people who were prepared to make money from that crash. And I think anybody can do that. It, it isn't just for some people in the elite. Anybody can actually make money. It's an opportunity. Experimentation. Here in Charlottesville, the bridge is now accepting proposals for 2013 and 2014 gallery exhibitions. If you have an idea for an exhibitor installation at the Bridge Progressive Arts Initiative, they would love to hear it. If you're interested in submitting a proposal for the September 2013th to May 2014 season, go to thebridgepai.com. Download a proposal form and submit it no later than Friday, September 14th at 5 p.m. For information, contact Greg at thebridgepai.com or call 434-242-0905. If you can't wait till next year to see something there, you can go Sunday, September 9th for a night of storytelling reading a performance. Soundtracks at the Bridge PAI located at 209. <laughs> 209 Monticello Road in Charlottesville. If you're interested in presenting or have other questions, email. Leanne Moore, L-E-Y-A-N-N-E-M-O-O-R-E dot at gmail.com. Email addresses were never intended to be read out loud. And you're still listening to Ken's Lessa Radio Extravaganza. It's for another hour. We're only halfway done. I don't understand. What am I going to do? What will you do? Save yourself.
Vous écoutez la 91,1 FM WTJU, le choix futé en Virginie centrale, votre chaîne pour la musique de Claude Achille de Lucie. PM, you're listening to Weekday Classical Music on WTKU Charlottesville, 91.1 FM, your sound choice for classical music, Sunday through Friday. Watch her, or they 
smile and tell me I'm the lucky one And we've just begun I think I'm gonna have a son He will be like him and me As free as a dove Conceived in love The sun is gonna shine above And even though we ain't got money I'm so in love with you, honey Everything will bring a chain of love And in the morning when I rise Bring a tear of joy to my eyes And tell me everything's gonna be alright I'm the guy who holds the world in the all together now. There's room, everyone, come on in, plenty of room. Everyone in. Free talk with artist Emil B. Klein, who is traveling across the U.S. on Thursday, September 6th from 6.30 to 8 p.m. at the McGuffey Arts Center in Charlottesville, Virginia, presenting a free talk with Emil B. Klein, an artist who is traveling across the U.S. armed with a brush and a bike and a recorder. Klein's trip is sponsored by Your U.S., an arts ethnographic nonprofit that uses the arts to explore and chronicle the diverse tales of people from all walks of life. For more information, call 434-295-7973. One more, one more. Help me do the paperwork. Write things down. Take notes on what I'm saying. Oh, vegetables. I like vegetables. All together. Everyone. Okay, fewer. This is here. Um, September is the month of gleaning in Virginia. Gleaning is the harvest of all vegetables that may have a crack or bruise but are otherwise edible. Through the Society of St. Andrew, called SOSA, volunteers help to gather and deliver this produce to food banks and similar groups. SOSA works with farmers and produce distribution facilities all over Virginia and the nation to save fresh produce of all types. There will be gleaning activities throughout the months of September. If you're interested in volunteering or want more information, call Sarah Ramey at 434-841-1473 or go to the website endhunger.org. and then this will do it. Cinder every Monday at 6 p.m. for the Early Music Show. We play great music written before 1620. That's the Early Music Show on WTJU Charlottesville, the sound choice in Central Virginia.
Hi, this is Dusty Garwood. Aaron the Jazz Czar and I alternate Sunday mornings at 10 till noon for Jazz Mania. Two hours of great jazz to get your Sunday brunch started. Tune in at 91.1 FM WTJU on Sunday mornings at 10. Hey, life's too short for ordinary music. Fades. Sometimes I consider silence and fades. <sighs> yeah. And then, um, and then I reject it all over again.
one way of making movies in this culture. And that, and that there seems to be sort of this mindset that it has to be this one thing, and this is the structure of it, and this is this is what has to happen to the characters. And, and I think that there's a, like in anything, like in any art form, there's the, 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 the world opens up when you take that away. And you, and you allow yourself to kind of think um, in, a, in a kind of a, a larger and more creative way about the process. So um, it's not it's not um, movies that I'm, I'm questioning. It's what's being done with movies. Um, and then the, 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 the sort of the reference to theater is just that I, I I wanted to sort of try to create a way in my mind that you could view the same piece of film on different occasions and have different experiences with it, which is what I was referring to when I said theater is. You can watch a play five times and it's going to be different every time because it's alive. The audience relation to a movie doesn't affect the movie. The movie's already set in stone, you know. Um, so what you can offer people, or at least what I've decided I would like to try to offer people, is the ability to watch this movie now and watch it in five years and have a different experience because you're a different person. Or watch it tomorrow and have a different experience because there are things you can not see the first time. There's too much to see, or, or you don't have the information at the beginning of the experience to, to see things at, at the beginning of the movie that will only be revealed at the end of the movie. I just think that stuff is fun, and it's what I want as an audience, so it's what I try to kind of incorporate. I'm outraged. Well, maybe he's in with the judges in Santa Monica court so that I can't even get to see my children now that I live in England. Because I can't live with the stench of the Santa Monica court and the stench of Sid Luft and the stench of lawyers who rob me and just keep it going, keep the case going. Judy's crazy. Judy doesn't know what she does. I know well enough how to raise three kids and damn well. And I know how to be loved by a man who understands the pressures I've had to go through. And it, it's worth it. It's worth it. And the hell with all the crazy 
Sandman, so-called Sandman. The letters get saying, you've sinned, Judy. Turn to Christ. I go to church every Sunday. I've got God in my heart. That's more than most of you can say. My children have it. Mark Heron has it. And we present an army. We represent strength and goodness. And by God, justice and battle prevail. Although I doubt it. Being Judy Garland is quite a chore. Not only for me, but for Mark. For Joe, for Lana, and Liza. But it's not too much of a chore for Sid Luft. And it wasn't too much of a chore for Vincent Minnelli to just overlook the fact that he had a magnificent daughter. Being Judy Garland, sure, I've been loved by the public. I can't take the public home with me. And I've been ripped to pieces, ripped to pieces by the public and the critics and the newspapers and people who don't know what they're talking about. And I demand, I demand to be heard. I will be heard and I'll keep talking for the rest of my life because now I can talk. Now I'm happy. Now I know that there is no gaslight in my life. And the people who try to present it are the criminals. And Effie is this woman who has died. God is now coming down to claim the body. And God is alarmed at what he sees. And coming to look at this way. This is a portion of it. Here is little Effie. You suddenly discovered that you had six months to live. How would you change your life? What would you do? What would you do differently? If you really were knew that six months from now, it was over for you. You weren't going to make it. What would you do differently? And my answer to you, in terms of whatever you would do differently, would you stay in the same job? Would you stay in the same relationship? Would you, would you stay here in Detroit? Would you uh, get off and try other new things? What? My answer to you about that question, I've always thought of it as a good question, is you only have to good number. That's all you got. Even if you've got 30 years, or 50 years, or 90 years, it's this much time. It's this much time. That's it. They say in the end, it's the wink of an eye. Jackson Brown. And no matter how I try to understand it, I can't seem to grasp it. down to the 
First of all, what are the consequences of this choice that I'm making? And in your heart, you will immediately know what these are. Secondly, will this choice that I'm making now bring happiness to me and to those around me? If the answer is yes, then go ahead with that choice. If the answer is no, if that choice brings distress to either you or to those around you, then don't make that choice. It's as simple as that. There is only one choice out of the infinity of choices available in every second. One choice that will create happiness for you as well as for those around you. And when you make that one choice, it will result in a form of behavior that is called spontaneous right action. Spontaneous right action means the right action at the right moment. It's the right response to every situation as it happens. It's the action that nourishes you and everyone else that is influenced by that action. There is a very interesting mechanism that the universe has to help you make spontaneously correct choices. The mechanism has to do with sensations in your body. Your body experiences two kinds of sensations. One is a sensation of comfort, the other is a sensation of discomfort. At the moment when you're consciously making a choice, pay attention to your body and ask your body, if I make this choice, what happens? If your body sends a message of comfort, that's the right choice. If your body sends a message of discomfort, then it's not the appropriate choice. For some people, the message of comfort and discomfort is in the area of the solar plexus. But for most people, it's in the area of the heart. Consciously put your attention in the heart and ask your heart what to do. Then wait for the response, a physical response in the form of a sensation. It may be the faintest level of feeling, the faintest level of feeling, but it's there, in your body. Only the heart knows the correct answer. Most people think the heart is mushy and sentimental, but it's not. The heart is intuitive, it is holistic, it's contextual, it's relational. It doesn't have a win-lose orientation. It taps into the cosmic computer and takes everything into account. At times, it may not even seem rational, but the heart has a computing ability that is far more accurate and far more precise than anything within the limits of rational thought. Whether we know it or not, life is a continuum of choices. Some are made consciously, others are made unconsciously. You can use the law of karma create money and affluence and the flow of all good things to you anytime you want. But first, you must become consciously aware that your future is generated by the choices you're making in every moment of your life. It's not that I'm wailing like a 
an old-fashioned mother. I need them, I need them as much as they need me. I need their laughter. I need their arms around me until they grow up and it's time for them to go about their own lives. I want to be fair, but I want them with me. I gave birth to them. I supported them. I loved them. I, I still do. But for goodness sakes, for God's sakes, what about the lawyers? What about the judges? They're being handed over to a man. If I can, I hate that word in connection with Sid Love. Michael Sidney Love is not a man. He's not a father. He's not a worker. He's not a contributor. He's not anything. Attributable to luck, to a large extent. You know, I mean, I, I wrote for a lot of years in obscurity, um, and you know, I wrote the script for being John Malkovich, which got me attention, but was never going to be made. And then I got the lucky break of Spike Jones being interested in making it and having the the power at that point in his career to get a movie made that nobody wanted to get made. The only thing I can say is that if you've got a if you if you've got a thing that you're exploring, then explore it truthfully. I mean, if you want to do that, if you're interested in doing what you want to do in the world, then do it. You know, explore it truthfully. Try to continue to try to find your voice, which is kind of, I think, an ongoing, lifelong process. I'm still trying to do that. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't feel like I've arrived anywhere. Just be be diligent and and um, and somewhat courageous in in your in your sort of in your attempts to to be um, to do your stuff in the world. Still listening to Ken's last ever radio extravaganza, this live mix, spontaneous collage, improvised collage of sounds and spontaneity. It's unspontaneously called, referred to, named as Ken's last ever radio extravaganza, so named in 1994, going on to this day. Things are happening, mixed happening, music sounds mixed happening. If you're listening right while it's happening, you can look at the playlist. If you're listening later, you can probably look at a better playlist. If you're in between, I don't know. It doesn't exist in between. But there'll be here and now. There's a playlist. At this moment, it's at WTJU.net. Later, it will be at LastEver.org. You decide which moment you're in. Fold it together. The music behind you right now is by Dan Deacon. It's recent. It's new. Before that, we were listening to Deepak Chopra talk. There was Wayne Dyer, Judy Garland, Barry Bliss, Lamb Chop, Edwin Black. Talks from the Hackers on Planet Earth conference. Music from 1972 Solaris radio show by Joe Frank. New music by other people. Interview excerpts. Charlie Kaufman, writer, director, person, and other things. There were a lot of other things. All together. All together, the things. Here we are. What are we making? What are we doing? Why are we? What are we? Who are we? Where are we? somehow we fit this real life existence into 
man-made notions of clocks on the wall. The clock on the wall says 32, 33, 32 and a half, 32 and a half minutes, 32 and a half more minutes of something, of mixing, of happening, of just listening, of being, of breathing, of being, of breathing, and of being, and of breathing, being, and of breathing. Please send me a note. Ken, Ken, send it to Ken at Ken at, uh, Ken at, uh, Ken at lastever.org. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Listen again later, lastever.org. And in two weeks, in the real time, in the real world, here on the radio, the radio is 91.1 FM, FM 91.1, in the city that you're in, this city here. Every other Wednesday night, Thursday morning, 1 to 3 a.m. here in the Eastern Time Zone, online and everywhere, and, and archived, and done with that. Something else. the level of your conscious awareness, the more you will make those choices which are spontaneously correct, both for you and those around you. And then it will become easier for you to write the script of your life. Since karma means action, then any time you perform an action, that's a karmic episode. If you have a cup of coffee, for example, that's karma. That action generates memory, and memory has the ability or it becomes the potentiality to generate desire. And desire generates action again. The operational software of your soul then is karma, memory and desire. That's what you're made up
I know I'm not alone. My life mission is to meet the other people. I think there's a lot of them. It's not just another person. It's not just me. They imagine in their heads. They were hearing it the same way. meet that person. I want to meet those people who are hearing in their heads music from a film by Tarkovsky and they had the Jackson 5 in their heads and they had 70s music from a porn star in their heads. They had it all together and they wanted to know what it sounded like together and they wanted to show the world. I know there are others. Get in touch, lastever.org. You're there now, I'm sure. Send me hello. great crash we'll go down we're all going down together that much is sure there are some uncertainties of timing placement level of personal cleanliness there will be minor variations as we come down together
nothing other than a bundle of consciousness that is full of the software. And all the actions in your past have created memories and desires in the operational software that exists in the gap. What about past karma and how it's influencing us now? There are three things you can do about past karma.
see you can do this too. You are doing this. You do. You can do something else. Please do. Please do something. Do everything. Do it as it occurs to you. Don't wonder. Don't think about it. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Every day, once a day, give yourself a present. Don't plan it. Don't wait for it. Just let it happen. Everything will work out well in an external dimension, as we all know. That necessarily is not true. Let's say, for example, I have an incredible experience of even beyond the not I I into the complete void. It doesn't necessarily mean that things in the external world will change at all. My best example of this is a person I have incredible reverence for, His Holiness the Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama I had an opportunity to meet in 1989, and certainly he has an inordinately powerful, tangible experience of void being around him. But I remember seeing the movie Seven Years in Tibet, and in Seven Years in Tibet, he somehow believed that because he had this incredible void or incredible love, that that somehow would stop. Chinese on an external dimension from coming into Tibet from China. I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, why not? I don't know. I just can't. I simply can't. Mm-hmm. But why not? Um, uh, gobble it all up. So. Cannot say no.
Climbing over hills, sinks full of dishes. Pots full of plates of piles and pickles and porridge over and down and to the end. The ends will always be reached. There are always ends. happened this was it we're still just in it a bit it's hard to talk about it when it's when it is and then how do you talk about that that you're talking about also this ken's last ever radio extravaganza august 30th 2012 what does it mean i don't know I was taught to think of numbers, and so I look and see 440. This was 440. This is show number 440. Could turn out to be the last one. I know of no other. I'm grateful for the opportunity. I like to make it. I like to hear it as I make it. I'm glad that you're hearing it too. I hope that you have something. I hope that it is something. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Page. If you're listening to the archive, you can just go listen to another one right now. You can listen to another one later. There's a sort of so-called podcast thing. Sometimes it's updated. It'll automatically come to you if you use it. And um, the new ones, they're still happening. Every two weeks on the calendar. Here at this time. Live on the internet. Live on the radio early Thursday morning on the East Coast of the United States, 1 a.m. to 3 a.m. All information is always at lastever.org, Ken's Last Ever Radio Extravaganza. (sighs) 
כאן. Thank you. Thank you here. Thank you online. Thank you in the future, in the present, right now, and also here. Thank you in Charlotte and Earliesville and Charlottesville. In my head, it's just uh, all the gratitude and everything. <sighs> Is this going to fit? 50. Oh, it's almost going to fit. We're going to have to overlap. I'm going to stop talking. Bye. You got the job done and thing. Yeah, me, I'm just saying well done and that serious crash in the beef case. Oh. So, uh, I don't think I'll be seeing you for a long time. Bodega is a corner store that's open pretty much 
24 hours most of the time. You can get almost anything in a bodega. Bodegas are our friends. Yo, bro, man, I, I need to uh, unpack yeah, the cigarettes, man. I, I know it ain't right for her. I got to get You know what I'm saying? It's like, the streets are crazy right now. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. Where the milk, man? Scary out there right now. And some batteries? Yo, what up? Welcome to the bodega. Sometimes you gotta run down to the store, you know what I mean? Pick up a few things. Bag of Twinkies, carton of milk. Sometimes you may just need some advice. You pick the right spot, man. This is your store. Welcome to the bodega. Everybody, welcome to Bodega Pop Live on WFMU's Give the Drummer Radio. I barely made it in tonight because of my commute, but I did make it. Um, I had all kinds of uh, problems, but uh, fortunately, I'm here. I don't know why I'm telling you. I guess for, for the odd sympathy vote um, or the or the normal sympathy vote, whichever one, whichever comes first, it doesn't really matter. Hey, tonight we've got a really terrific program for you. Um, I'm going to be playing music by three women three of probably the greatest singers of all time anywhere. Um, obviously, Um Kalthum is considered to be the greatest singer ever in Arabic, and um, she was only the only people who ever really rivaled her. I mean, prior to, you know, when she was just starting out, she had other rivals, but when she was when she was established and kind of around for a decade or so, her only real true rivals were Asmahan and Leila Maroud, uh, at least during her peak, during Um's peak, um, and um, both of them were kind of shoved out in different ways. Uh, Asmahan was killed, possibly murdered, maybe um, maybe it was an accident, maybe it was a murder. No, nobody's really sure. And Leila Maroud was pretty much forced out of the well i guess it's kind of a little more complicated than just being forced out she was partially for she was forced out for a little while came back in and then i think basically when her husband of of three times guys she'd married three different times died i think she she kind of gave up music um, for quite a long time actually she lived to be um i don't know i think in her 70s or something Anyway, um, we're going to be doing sets from each of them. We're going to be doing six sets, and we're going to do them kind of chronologically, more or less, but not really. Uh, so we're going to start out with Um, um Kalthum, and um, we're going to play some tracks, mostly from the 20s in this first set. And I'll tell you about one of them. I think it is the second track that we're going to hear from 1927. 
is a, uh, a track that she composed herself, one of two that she composed herself. I do not believe that either Leila Marode or Asmahan composed anything, but uh, Um did two, two songs, and we're going to hear one of them tonight. But first up, uh, we're going to hear this uh, track. I, I need to look up who the... Um, who the uh, composer was, but this is Oaxaca Enta Elmuna. You're listening to Big Pop Live on WFMU's Give the Drummer Radio until 10 p.m. tonight. Oh, I think I 